Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? We're off and running on a Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. We're coming to you from coast to coast, as always. Michael out of his office in Jersey. I'm right here at Circa Resort and Casino, downtown Las Vegas. Got so much to get to over the course of the next two hours. A number of injuries to update, as we always do on a Wednesday. Get some of those reports out there. We're just a day out from Thursday night football. A number of three and three teams we want to analyze to see if they are on the up and up or the downward spiral and it's why not Wednesday so you know we got some long shots that we're going to throw your way and see whether or not they might be worth buying in Michael how are you today what's going on my guy I am good I am doing very good you know it's a good week I'm going to try to keep up with all these injuries less yes. games to kind of get ready for but it's still good I'm excited to see what happens and who plays and who doesn't play uh, you know these injury reports are always interesting to kind of manipulate I thought the line you know, and just specifically Jacksonville, the line when this morning was back down to one, which makes it seem like Trevor Lawrence will play. The line was three yesterday when we were on the show. Now it's one. Yep, that's one we'll continue to keep an eye on. But Trevor Lawrence, of course, talking to reporters yesterday, said he feels optimistic that he's going to go despite it being a short week. So we'll discuss that game uh, more at length in, in just a little bit, Michael. But with all these teams on by, it seems like a natural point for the quarterly NFL owners meetings. And we did see the news today that Roger Goodell officially has been extended to 2027, a very lucrative deal. We well, we don't know the specific numbers. It's expected that his contract is upward of $60 million a year I don't even know Michael I've never asked you like what are your general feelings on Goodell as commissioner and how he's done the last you know 17 years well I mean he's been obviously one of the best commissioners in all of sports the popularity of the game has grown tremendously the value of the franchises has significantly risen I mean, the Washington football team just sold for 6.05 billion Denver sold for 4.5 billion I mean, why does that happen? Because the league is just so, everybody loves the league. The ratings are good. The, the ability to reach all the global world. I mean, we're playing in Germany, playing in England. You know, you, you know. look, he, he deserves a ton of the credit. I mean, he deserves a ton of the credit for the game, being able to grow and put wealth, more wealth, into these owners' pockets. And ultimately, that's who he works for. He works for those 32 owners. Yeah, and like I said, his new deal will go through March of 2027. That'll have him at 21 years in the role. This is expected to likely be his last extension in this position. Um, but speaking of how the game has grown and playing in other countries, unfortunately, the NFL will not play in Mexico ne next year. This was another thing that came out of the league meetings with um, Estadio Azteca undergoing renovation. So they're exploring either Spain as, or Brazil as another potential option. 
option. Other items discussed at the meetings um, and they approved a change of the interview procedure for coaching vacancies, banning those in-person outside candidate meetings until after the divisional round of the playoffs. They're looking at the tush push. Don't expect a rule change there. They're considering eliminating the hip drop tackle as well, which I wanted your opinion on from that standpoint, because the league says that creates 25 times the injury risk compared to a standard tackle and also continuing research on those playing surfaces and seeing what they can do to make things more uniform around the league. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how they're going to handle the, the hip tackling because, you know, the, one of the things that they, I don't know what they expect some of these players to do when, when they get, you know, like the other night, I forget. It was like, what did you expect him to do when he went in there and tackle? I think it was curse got called for a penalty, you know, and you just like, wait, wait a minute. The quarterback was, you can't stop your body just because he starts to slide, you know, like to me, there's some of those that are just ridiculous, but it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Look, we saw Bo Jackson go down with a hip, one of these kind of tackles mm-hmm. and ended his career. So if it helps in that area, I'm all for it, but I don't know how they're going to police it. I don't know how they're going to re- officiate it because we haven't been able to get any of that officiated properly. I mean, officials in general have been a big problem. So maybe that's what Goodell needs to do. You got this new money. You got this new contract. Let's have a call with officials. Let's get things set and figured out because it's it's been pretty atrocious. Like even the Monday night game, Michael, we saw 20 flags on the field. It was just yeah. too much, too much, too much. Well, you know, whenever you can get, you know, you got, you know, Scott Novak was doing the Jets game. He's going to throw his flags. You know, you got some guys <laughs> that just love to do it. I mean, they just they think people come to watch them. And I get it. You know, I get it if you see a call, you know, that you see a holding call at the point of attack. I get that. But some of them, you know, like they don't even understand. Like I could like when a defensive player gives himself up and a, and a big man tackles, almost looks like he tackles him. You can't call holding on that. The guy was giving himself up, yet they do. And I know it's it's the hardest job, the uh, completely thankless job as well, being an official in the National Football League. But it just kills me sometimes. You All you want to do <laughs> is be on TV, do X, Y, and Z. And then in the critical moments when you should make the call, you don't. So anyways, neither yeah. here nor there. Let's move it forward because we did get official word, Michael. We expected this. We talked about it yesterday, but that Anthony Richardson is going to go ahead and have season-ending shoulder surgery. Jim Ursay, the team owner on X today, making the announcement official and did add that they anticipate a full recovery said there's no doubt Anthony has a promising future. And in the meantime, he loves the fight of this team and is excited for the opportunity they have ahead of them. That starts this week in Cleveland where Indy is getting two points against the Browns. And another thing we talked about yesterday. So Gardner Minshew is going to be on this side. Who's going to be on the other still TBD with Deshaun Watson, but Michael, he is expected to talk to media today, which I think is, as yeah. we look on our screen, move the line a little bit here, anticipating Deshaun Watson might play. The Browns are a three-point favorite right now. Well, that was going down. This morning when I got up, it was one and a half. It was two and one and a half somewhere, and now it's moving in the other direction. And I didn't understand it. I had heard a lot of the, 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 a lot of money was coming in on Indy. I didn't know. I don't really understand that, because how is Indy going to move the ball? When you watch Indy play Jacksonville last week, it really wasn't a complicated game plan for Mike Caldwell and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Played press man coverage on these receivers. They can't separate. Alex Pierce is hurt. Whether he can play or not, I don't know. But he's one of the few guys on the Colts that can make plays. So the receivers are not great there. Michael Pittman, all those guys. And then you, they played a front, which makes it almost impossible to run the ball on. So they take away the run game, take play tight man-to-man, and you pressure Minshew inside. How is he going to move the ball against a defense that has given up 52 first downs? Think about that. The, the, the Browns have only given up 52 first downs all season. All year, six games, 52 first downs. They've got three corners that can cover man-to-man. They have no problem. There's no issues in terms of what the Browns do from a scheme standpoint. It's not complicated. They block you. They play bump, run, press, and they get after your quarterback. I mean, I think the unders in play here, certainly – What's it at 40 and a half, 41 uh, 41 41 in some shops, you know, but I I just don't know how Indy scores because in these games, Minshew tends to play smaller. Yeah. And and you said yesterday too, that not only in terms of this game, but the rest of the way with Gardner Minshew, 
the warts that this team has aren't going to be as easy to be masked and covered up as they would be when yeah. you have Anthony Richardson in there. So uh, updated season win total as well to that end, seven and a half. The over is juiced to the minus 140. Um, Jalen Hurts, we know, is coming off a three interception performance this past weekend, Michael, but getting a little extra depth and help in that wide receiver room, it appears, as I was walking to the yeah. car after we got in the off the air yesterday, Julio Jones signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. That one's that was a head scratcher for me. I, I didn't get that one, Stormy. I like I like when I watch the Eagles on tape, um, a receiver isn't kind of what jumps out to me that they may need, right? Like I didn't see that. Now I think they need a backup right tackle because if Lane Lane Johnson doesn't play, they're mm-hmm. not as good as a football team. So I don't know how that really is all going to translate. You know how because the last time we saw we saw Julio. It was in Tennessee, and he wasn't playing, and he had no juice in his lower body. Now, maybe the time off and all that, it's going to help him. But look, I mean, you're going to, why would we throw the ball to anybody but A.J. Brown? Why would we throw it <laughs> to anybody but Smith or Goddard? Like, I mean, those are the three leading receivers on the team. Like, why are we throwing it to anybody other than those three? Seriously, why would we? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like when you look at Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's the funniest team of all, and it relates to this conversation as well. Like Atlanta, I mean, Bijan Robinson averages five yards a carry. Algier averaged three two. They both Algier has seventy five carries. Robinson has eighty. Like at some point after six games, you say, "I'm I'm not giving the ball to Algier anymore. That's it. I'm done." Like Robinson's going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Philly. Like why would we give the ball to anybody but those three guys I just mentioned? Yeah, and I mean, with Julio Jones, fourth team in the last four years, he is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but and doesn't have the same juice that he once did now at 34 years old. But that said, I, I, I understand from maybe just a leadership standpoint, like A.J. Brown, 26 years old, maybe just bringing in a veteran presence, one last shot for him to try to give it his all and get a Super Bowl under his belt. I, I don't know if there were, like you said, off the top, there are probably other things they could have gone and get, but I mean, as cheap as Julio Jones is just to add a veteran leadership presence, I don't mind it. It's not anything that that moves the needle for me, but it's not something that like bothers me by any means, I wouldn't say. Yeah, no, I mean, I think with the, when they put them on practice, right? So I put them on practice, what they're saying to you is they're going to look, they're kicking the tires, basically. There's no commitment here that he's on the team. Right. You know, they're going to kick the tires and see how he holds up. Can he stay healthy? I think that's the first question you got to ask yourself. Can he stay healthy? Yeah, the PCL last year, of course, the lingering hamstring injuries that he's dealt with. So certainly things to keep on. What does he have left in the tank from a health standpoint? Also, speaking of injuries, before we go to the break, the Eagles are facing the Miami Dolphins this week. And Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. watch is over his 21 day window opening. He's expected to be back on the practice field today for the Miami Dolphins and for a defense that, Michael, we've said that's kind of been the one thing that's maybe holding them back as a contender because of how high flying that offense is. That'd be a good get to have him back. Yeah, it really would be. They need him back. I mean, Xavier Howard's hurt again. So, you know, he's got some issues. He can't, hasn't really come. They don't really have a pure cover guy in their secondary. They need him back badly. Regardless, he's not going to play this Sunday in that game against Philadelphia. Not going to try to rush him back, but should be back sooner rather than later, which is a big boost to that defense. More injuries to come, including a certain New York Jets player. Might not be the one you think, though. We'll discuss when we return. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosting guests. You also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand as well. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for just $19 for your first month at VSEN.com slash subscribe. We are just talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and their newest addition. They were handed their first loss of the season this past weekend by the New York Jets, but it was a player who didn't play in the game who was actually making some of the big headlines. Aaron Rodgers, as of today, Michael, is officially five weeks post-op from that season-ending, or what we thought was season-ending Achilles surgery. Um, he was thrown on the field pregame, no crutches, transitioning weight from one foot to the other, and yesterday was Aaron Rodgers' Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show where he's said for him it was good to just feel involved back around the team feel a little bit normal as for a return this season here's what Rodgers had to say you know that's that's the goal we'll see what happens I'm not going to put a timetable on it specifically that makes absolutely no sense anybody that does doesn't realize that there's a lot of things that have to happen to get to that point but it's going to have to be jogging and then explosive moments and then practicing and then um everybody's signing off on it and you know hopefully we get to to have those conversations hopefully we get to have those conversations michael is it realistic i i don't think it is but i think what he's trying to do is keep his team afloat what he's trying to do is give the team hope right he's trying to say okay look you know, if you keep us in this and we're in the playoffs and, you know, I could come back, then, you know, we might have a chance. So I, I think to me, it's it's the strategy is I want to keep this team engaged. I want the team to feel like, you know, I'm doing something to help the team, which I think is, is good. You know, it's good for him. He needs to, because if he quits, you know, I think the team could fall apart. Look, let's face it here now. I think he's taking a leadership role to get him to play better. And he's really helping out Robert Sala. He's helping the head coach out because he's keeping the focus on the now on let's, we've got something we're playing for that's bigger. And look, you could say, Oh, well, you know, he just loves the attention. Look, I think the attention may be something he loves, but the reality of what he's trying to do by keeping his team in tune is really good. Yeah, that's where I think there's value because I I do think based on his personality and what we've known about Aaron Rodgers the last handful of years is he is attention seeking and he does a lot of things that make headlines. Pretty much everything that he does at this point makes headlines. But right. from a leadership standpoint and what he brings to the group, I think it's definitely a motivational thing. He's speaking a lot of things into existence, whether it's for him personally or just for the team taking steps forward. If he were to come back this year, we all know it would be it would be historic for him to do, especially at 40 years old. So I'd say as he likes to say, R-E-L-A-X when it comes to that sort of thing and him being able to play. Because even if he does, Michael, that offensive line is still just going to be so rough for him to play behind. I feel like he would get hurt again. Of course he would, you know, and his rhythm. I mean, look, we I mean, it's funny how the media just takes this hook, line and sinker. 
Like we watched, we watched Deshaun Watson come back after not having much practice and look horrible. I know he, I know he's Aaron Rodgers and he's great, but it's hard. It's a hard sport to play at a high, high level when everybody else is is playing fast. So, but I think there's there's a there's a bigger purpose here than just okay. He's going to try to come back and play. I think the bigger purpose is clearly he wants to keep his team motivated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you've said a number of times, being cleared to play and playing at a high level are two very, very different things. So it's something that's going to continue to be a theme throughout the rest of this regular season as he hits and exceeds benchmarks that are set that we'll have to talk about. But I think from a realistic standpoint, him throwing on the field doesn't do anything for me other than keeping his team more engaged and trying to get above yeah. that three and three threshold. Um, let's but we love to talk about it, but course. everybody, I mean, it's, it, you know, it keeps the jets relevant. I mean, it keeps them in the news, right? Keeps them in the news, gives us content on a daily basis, baby. We'll keep it rolling. But you were talking earlier in the show about how the line has moved in the Thursday night football game. So let's discuss that a little bit deeper. Trevor Lawrence was limited at practice yesterday. We're in a knee brace, but he says he's progressing really well. He's optimistic that he's going to go ahead and play on Thursday night football against the Saints dealing with that knee injury opened pick him moved to Jacksonville plus three now it's just sitting at a one um and I, obviously that moved yeah. with people thinking he wasn't going to play now the way that he's talked and Michael the way that he talked too in his availability about how he yeah. hasn't missed a start since he's joined the Jacksonville Jaguars that's a point of pride for him I think that's what really like firmly for me makes me believe he's going to play yeah, I think he's going to try to go. I think there's no question. But C.J. Beathard's getting all the reps. And so, you know, and this is a tough defense to go against on the road. The other injury that's significant is Tyson Campbell, their second-round pick from 21, who's their best corner on the team. He's not, you know, he's he may not play in the game. And then they have two offensive linemen that are hurt, Walker Little and Brandon Sharif. So, you know, their injuries are starting to mount. And I think the travel, the wear and tear of what they've gone through, two weeks in London, you know, fly home, play a game against the Colts, and now Thursday playing another game. I mean, you could just sense from listening to Doug Peterson in his press conference, they're exhausted. Yeah. And, and they're catching a team like New Orleans who needs a win, who needs to play way better than they have played and are really good defensively. This should be a game where, you know, you if you take if you think New Orleans could actually a run the football and score in the red zone, they should play well. All this rhetoric about, you know, the, the David Carr is just a good defense away from being a playoff. Con- no, we haven't seen it yet. We got to see it. And, and to your point about what you said about the Jags and their travel situation, they've been 3-0 and in those games. That's hard to ask a team to keep getting up and yeah. keep winning from that standpoint. So that's, that's a good thought there. Um, and listen, Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, can say that he has all the faith in the world of C.J. Beathard if they need him. I would prefer a compromised Trevor Lawrence and an injured Trevor Lawrence over CJ Beathard. Knowing what I know about him as a San Francisco 49ers fan and the two and 10 record he had with us step aside, CJ Trevor's going to go ahead and play from that standpoint. But Hey, the saints are dealing with some injuries of their own. Michael as well. Derek Carr. um, He was added on Monday to the injury report with a chest in addition to the right shoulder that he's been dealing with Um, was back yesterday. So listed taken off of the injury report, excuse me, yesterday, but, their right tackle unlikely to suit up in concussion protocol. Their linebacker, Demario Davis, held out at practice again with a knee. Chris Olave's limited. Jamal Williams, his practice window yeah. does open, which is a positive thing. So a lot of injuries to monitor from the Saints side of things as well. Yeah, and both tackles, you know, James Hurst, and as you said, Ryan Ramchick, he's out. Landon Jones, their third tackle, he could potentially, Landon Young, excuse me, he could potentially miss. And this has caused residual problems for the Saints offense. They can't run the football, right? Their best rusher is Tyson Taysom Hill. If you take his 122 yards out of their 575 yards, they have no ground game. They're below two, three yards a carry. They can't run the ball. And a lot of it is to this offensive line. And that's the issue. They haven't been able to stay healthy in the line. But here's where they gain an advantage this game, right? In the games that Jacksonville's lost, right? In the games where they haven't been able to win, you know, they, they've, they've averaged 13 points a game. In the games that they've won, they've averaged 29. So this tends to be a low-scoring game. So if you're playing the under, you might want to play the Saints here. The Saints will be hard to score on. They really will be, especially playing at home. 
especially playing at home. I mean, the Saints do a good job of of being able to keep the game close. The problem is their kicker was a disaster last week, and so was Carr. Yeah, the you can, 350 yards and you only score that many points, that's not how things are supposed to work typically. Um, no. And speaking of the under, the Saints are on a 12-0 under run, 15-1 to the under their last 16 games. One more injury we can hit here real quickly before the break. Daniel Jones, he goes on weekly with Up and Adams with Kay Adams, and he said he's yeah. trying hard to get back to prove the doctors and trainers he's Didn't ready to go, good. but still dealing with the symptoms of it. That doesn't sound optimistic. No, and here's where I am on this game. I really, you're going to be shocked. I really like the Giants. I think if you go back over it, there's a lot to like about the Giants in the game. Here's where I'm hesitant. I I thought Taylor could get hurt last week. I think Taylor's very brittle. He's older. He's very brittle. If this becomes a Tommy DeVito game, you're not going to cover this. Washington's numbers are a disaster. When you really break down Washington's in terms of what they're doing offensively, they're going to get their quarterback killed. I mean, they're 30th in rushing attempts, and they lead the league in sacks allowed. Like, how do those two things go together? Like, you've got to protect your quarterback. You're 30th in rushing attempts. Meanwhile, your quarterback's getting the crap beat out of them. Like, and you're not making, like, explosive plays. It isn't like they're operating as if they got Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense. I mean, this is not (laughs) what they're going to do. The Giants beat them twice last year. The num- they'll move the ball because everybody moves the ball in Washington. Washington can't stop anybody. You know, they haven't been able to stop anybody. The Giants, how about how bad is this? The Giants are plus five in the turnover takeaway column in the last two weeks, right? The plus five, and they've been outscored 42 to 25. Wow. Michael, don't don't add the Giants to your card this weekend. Don't have Giants Commanders be a game that we're picking this week. We just there's other options. I feel like that's one. I, I agree. <laughs> and the one I like them, but when I sat there and I wrote it down here, hard to take the Giants if Taylor's the starter because if he gets injured, it's a Tommy DeVito game. That'll keep me off the GMAT. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Basketball season is ready to tip off, and the VSEN experts have been hard at work tracking the latest player moves to help you bet smarter. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NBA betting guide featuring up-to-date previews on all 30 teams, futures and year-long player props, best bets on player awards like Rookie of the Year, live betting strategies, plus strategy and advice on building your own NBA betting model from senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VSEN NBA betting guide. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. You can do so at vcin.com slash subscribe. And Michael, thank goodness that Philadelphia, that y'all have the Phillies right now and how crazy that has been because between the Eagles losing their first game, oh my goodness, and the 76ers and James Harden not showing up, Michael. They, there could be chaos, but there's not because the Phillies are on, just an, they're just an absolute steamroller right now. Houston resting comfortably, yes, because he wants to be traded to the lake to the tra- Chargers. I mean, to the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. So everything's fine. Don't worry. Ugh. Have you ever seen a franchise that have more players quit on them than the 76ers? <laughs> Seriously. Well, like I said, I, I'm, I've said it every day this week. I'm not going to force you to go down that tunnel, but every day I see new James Harden news. I have to bring it up at least once. But don't worry. We'll go back mm-hmm. to the NFL here. We were talking yesterday a little bit as well, Michael, about some three and three teams. And I asked you if you thought the Saints were the worst of the three and three teams. You said no. You said it is the Washington Commanders. So that made me naturally want to break down all of the three and three teams and see if we're buying or selling. (laughs) So let's start with those Washington Commanders, because based on that sentiment, I already know that you're selling, but I'll bring it up anyways. Their season win total updated is seven and a half. Buying or selling them getting over that number. What do we think? They're going to be up. Initially, I thought they could get over. I misjudged their ability to play defense. I'm selling. Their defense is horrendous. They're horrendous. I mean, first of all, Howell gets sacked 13.7% of the time, 34 sacks in six games. They won't run the ball, you know, and they're 13th in yards per attempt rushing. So it isn't like they can't run it. They just don't run it. And their quarterback's going to get killed. I'm selling. Selling, and I don't blame you. Now, you said the Saints are not the worst. They could be close to the next worst, maybe. Three and three, their season updated win total, nine and a half. Can we, like... We said that they were going to be the best team in this division, and that has not played out to this point. 
Well, you, the, the, we said that based on Carr playing half decent, and that hasn't held up his end of the deal. I'm selling this. There's no chance they're going to go to nine. The, the losing the way they did to Houston was inexcusable, you know. And I'm not saying that because I took Houston. I mean, I took the, the the Saints, but they outgained them. They did everything except put the ball in the end zone. And their quarter, they have nobody to blame but your quarterback. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy either. This game is going to be hard mm-hmm. because both tackles are going to miss the game and the backup tackle. Good luck. And he's dealing with the chest and that shoulder injury that's been lingering in the last couple of weeks. Speaking of health, that is always what it comes down to, it seems like, the last couple of years with the Los Angeles Rams. Buying or selling L.A. as a 3-3 three and three team? I'm going to buy them, uh, and with a caveat, they, uh, you know, they got to st- Stafford has to stay healthy. Stafford and Aaron Donald have to stay healthy. People will put Cup in there. They've already proven they can play without Cup, right? They've proven that. They can't win without Stafford, and they can't win without Donald. I'll buy them. Plus 115 for L.A. to make the playoffs. Their updated season win total, eight and a half. Also, speaking to injuries, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting earlier that Kyron Williams is at least expected to miss a couple weeks, but should be on track after the Week 10 bye. So something that we'll have to keep an eye on. They signed a couple other depth running backs, uh, Daryl Henderson, Miles Gaskin, moving up in that standpoint. But stinks they're going to be without their lead back for the next month. Yeah, I mean... They they always seem to have some kind of injury, but at least you know they're going to need to get like they're going to need to get their running game going here. I mean that's going to be the, the problem. Can they get that done? I don't know. How about the Atlanta Falcons? Also three and three. Um, finally getting some other guys involved in the passing game. I know people are all big mm. mad at Desmond Ritter and the interceptions, but you feel he's improving. Are we buying or selling Atlanta? I'm going to buy Atlanta. And look, they're really good on third down. They don't turn the ball over with their defense. They've only had four turnovers created all year. Uh, they've turned the ball over with their offense because they're throwing it more. They've averaged 225 yards passing the last two weeks. Everybody said, well, we got to get them to throw the football. Well, you know, the problem is sometimes he makes mistakes, as young quarterbacks often do. Look, they've got to just settle on. We're going to get the ball to Robinson. We've got to get the ball to London and Pitts. We've got to make those guys be the guys that make the most plays on our team. And then we've got to create some pressure with our defense. I think that's been the biggest concern. Let's go to the AFC. We talked earlier in the show already about the New York Jets. And, of course, they get their a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles this past week. I was impressed by the Jets without their top three corners. They come away with three interceptions, four turnovers total forced on the day. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say Zach Wilson is playing well, but he's not playing bad. He didn't cost the Eagles. He didn't cost the Jets the game the last two weeks. One, two in a row, buying or selling as they go into the bye. Mm, I'm going to sell. I mean, they couldn't beat the Patriots. Seriously? You couldn't beat the Patriots. <laughs> well, Michael, I mean, real, real quickly, especially because Robert Sala said in that post-game press conference that we played a number of good quarterbacks and we've embarrassed them. Well, obviously you didn't embarrass Dak Prescott and you let Mac yeah. Jones beat you. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. And then, you know, everybody's now they're back to being a great defense again, you know, I mean, cause they beat the Eagles. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. I'm just not. The one thing that, I will say in defense of the New York Jets, though, Michael, is that if you would have told me going into this season that Zach Wilson going up against Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts on the other side, there's nine interceptions combined in those games. How many would you guess that the Zach Wilson had of those nine? Just like going into the year, five or six, right? Five or six. Yeah, exactly. Probably one. One. So pretty, pretty remarkable. I think from that standpoint, Um, let's keep it going. The Cincinnati Bengals at three and three. They are typically slow starters. Joe Burrow looking healthier buying or selling. I would buy them. They they improved defensively. They rushed the passer really well last week, which saved the game for them. I mean, look, they won the game in the red zone because they got stops in the red zone. I'll buy them for right now. To make the playoffs, plus 140, their season win total sitting eight and a half, juice minus 150 to the over, half game out of first in that AFC North, which we were talking about yesterday. Seems like all the wild cards in the AFC are going to come from that division, the way that they've been playing. (laughs) The Houston Texans, CJ Stroud has been phenomenal. The defense under D'Amico Ryan seems to be waking up. They have been playing some good football at three and three. Season win total updated eight and a half, juice to the over. Are we buying or selling? Is this for real? I'm buying. I'm I'm buying them hard. I'll double down and buy them. Look, they're good in the kicking game. 
They're better on defense, and their offensive line, which was a mess pretty much most of the season because of all the because of all the the injuries that they had, I think they're playing really well. And Stroud has not missed a beat. He's been great. So I'm definitely buying them. We were talking a week ago on Why Not Wednesday about whether or not we should back the Houston Texans to win the division. It was plus 475 then, plus 275 now. The things have certainly changed. The betting market seems to agree with our thought process that Houston is turning things around. The Indianapolis Colts, we talked about how Anthony Richardson officially lost for the season and with Gardner Minshew in at quarterback, it's harder to cover up some of the other glaring issues that this team has. I assume you're selling on them as a 3-3 three and three team. Their win total 7.5. No and chance half. you're getting me to buy them. Not, not, not with Gardner. No, I mean, once you, you know, Gardner may have a good game here and a good game there, but there's too many times where he plays small this week against Cleveland. I, I don't understand why people are in love with the Colts this week against the Browns. Look, PJ Walker is not a great player. He threw two interceptions last week. They ran for 160 yards against the 49ers. You don't think the Browns are going to be able to run the ball against, against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you know, I, I think they'll, they can win with their defense. The Browns have proven that. Look, here's how good San Francisco, here's how good Cleveland is on defense. They've only allowed one quarterback to throw for 200 yards, and that was Kenny Pickett. And in that 200 yards was a 71-yard reception. Think about that, Stormy. Yeah. They played six games, and you can't throw the ball. People are throwing the ball on them. Like, how are the Colts going to move the ball on them? Hard to argue the Cleveland Browns' best defense in the league right now. And I imagine some of that betting sentiment is going to change if Deshaun Watson ends up playing. Again, he is speaking to the media at some point today. Last one here, the Las Vegas Raiders. They are 3-3, three and three, updated win total, 7.5. Injury, can, I know I know it's tough. It's I have tough. to buy them. I, I mean, Millie's listening to the show. I have to buy them. So... Yeah, I will. I'll buy them. Here, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll buy them. I'll at least follow up with the question, what's your level of concern with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because it's always the injury factor that's the question. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I hold my breath every time he gets hit. I feel badly, you know? I mean, they've played they've played six games. They've won three games when they've only turned the ball over once. They've lost three games when they've turned it over three times. They've yet to play a game where they haven't turned it over. <laughs> they've yet to play a game where they haven't turned it over. So for me, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what will happen this week. I haven't seen the medical report, and certainly my son's not telling me. He's cut off all communications with the family, and since Sienna can't really talk, I can't get anything out of her. <laughs> so eventually she will tell me, but right now her language is not very good. She can point her finger better than anybody, but I mean, I think it'll be, if it's not Garoppolo, it'll be Aiden O'Connell. Yep. We are waiting with bated breath for Sienna to get the vocab down so we can get some <laughs> of the inside information. But, yep, that is one that we'll have to keep an eye on as well. Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with a back injury. We will look at some of the biggest betting splits and disparities for this week's action. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. So we've kind of been in and out talking about various games throughout the course of the hour, but now we're going to look at it from the betting splits perspective, Michael. And there are a few of them that have pretty notable, heavy dollar bills coming in on one side of the action. And that starts with one of the biggest favorites, the biggest favorite of the weekend, the Buffalo Bills, a nine point favorite against the New England Patriots. And people feel comfortable, it appears, laying that number 78% of handle, 80% of the early bets this week coming in on Buffalo and that's despite their quarterback and Josh Allen getting dinged up this past week and having a rough performance on Sunday. Yeah, there's eight and a half out there. There's some eights actually circle where you are has eight, you know, here at uh, in new DraftKings, New Jersey, they're still at nine. And I think the reason everybody's doing this and betting Buffalo is simply this, right? If you go since the win game, when the wind was howling, the Bills have outscored the Patriots 139 to 81. There hasn't been a close game. There has not been a close game. Each game that they've won has been 10 points or more. So why would this be any different, right? Why would this be any different, even though they're playing home? And the Patriots have struggled against movement quarterbacks. We know this. And Allen buys time like he did the other night. It makes it sensational play. And they struggle to finish it. So for me, this has been a very challenging team to play for New England. And the fact that you know there's going to be 13-mile-an-hour wins there in Foxborough. And you also know that they can't score points, New England. They can't run the ball and they can't throw it. Other than that, they're wonderful. (laughs) So that was kind of my follow-up is that obviously Buffalo dealing with some significant injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Could that open up an opportunity for New England maybe to do something offensively, but you don't believe so? I I think it's hard. I I could, you know, I think people are going to, I mean, if the number ticks down, right, to eight, I think it's a it's an easy play at eight. Nine, okay. you know, you're always concerned. But I would expect on by Sunday this is going to tick back up because I think people are going to look at that number and say, wait a minute, how are they going to yeah. score? And then when you look at the weather, 13-mile-an-hour winds, Mac Jones hasn't thrown the ball very effectively, and if Buffalo plays from in front, which is what they want to do, and New England's not been able to, it makes it even harder. Yep, probably hungry to bounce back too. They escaped with a win, yes, on Sunday against the Giants, but we all know that it was ugly and they want to put a better performance out there. The Cardinals and Seahawks going head-to-head in a division game in Seattle this weekend. Bets relatively split from this standpoint, 58% of the handle, 49% of bets. Doesn't impact this game directly, but also good to note for anybody out there, Kyler Murray's uh, window practice window has opened. He announced on social media that he's going to get back out there at practice today. Same thing for Buda Baker. So interesting development there, Michael. And I know we talked. They in need the pre- Buda back. Yeah, yeah go they ahead. They need Buda back badly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying I I agree from that standpoint. Absolutely. But with Kyler Murray, I know we talked in the preseason about how like given his contract and some of the guarantees in that feels unlikely that he'll play this season. You still feel that way? I do. I don't know why they would put him back out there. I mean, unless they're committed to him, unless he's changed his personality. I think this is a hard game for Arizona because Arizona, you know, the line was, you know, it's been moved around a little bit. It was nine and a half. And now it's come back down to, to, I think it's pretty much eight across the board. Isn't it stormy? Seven and a half and and eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year they won both games by 10 points. I don't think Seattle is, is as good last year as they are this year. And I don't, I think Arizona is worse than last year. So, uh, you know, in one of those games, Murray was the quarterback. Seattle seems to always play Arizona very well. 
So I, I think if it's at eight, I could see a lot of people jumping on Seattle. We're going to talk to start hour two um, a good bit about Survivor and what some of the options are this week. This, to me, mm. feels like the most obvious play. And I know people don't like division games oftentimes, but this is a matchup that has favored Seattle and feels like a good spot, in my opinion. But we'll discuss that a little bit more in a bit. We talked already about Browns Colts and the Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson of it all. As far as the splits right now, it seems like at least with the thought process, Deshaun Watson could be getting closer to play. He is not going to practice today we did get that confirmed the line has moved more in favor of Cleveland yeah I mean I I was surprised this wasn't at three to open you know and and, and it, now it's kind of leaning towards it's two and a half there's some DraftKings here in New Jersey's at three at 105 and so you know it's there's threes somewhere out there there's two and a halfs I have no faith in the cold offense and I have less faith in the cold defense when they play against a good scheme they run a scheme similar to what San Francisco runs. Not exactly, but similar. And the Browns ran for 160. Now, look, I don't like betting P.J. Walker. I'll tell you that because a little bit like what we talked about with the Giants. You know, if Walker, you know, he could mess it up easily for you. And next thing you know, this game doesn't go the way it is. We've seen this before, right? They lost to Baltimore and Baltimore didn't do anything offensively and they were never in the Baltimore game. So probably a no play for me only because I, I can't see taking the Colt against this defense, especially the way that Jacksonville just squeezed them to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacksonville made it so hard for Minshew, and it felt like he, was, he had no ability to drive the ball anywhere. And who's going to make plays for the Colts? Who's going to be the explosive receiver? Alex Pierce, we'll find out today if he's even going to play. Right now, they're hurt. Yeah, I got to keep an eye on all those injury reports that are coming out today. Uh, how about in the NFC South? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a two and a half point favorite against the Falcons. 86% of the handle, 80% of bets backing Tampa in a bounce back spot. Uh, they do have a plus six turnover differential and seeing Desmond Ritter throwing six interceptions this year, tied for third most in the NFL. Maybe people trusting backing the Bucks. Well, look, here's the reality. They're going to have to trust Ritter in the game because no team runs the football on the Bucks. Just think about this number now. Think about this for a second here. So the Philadelphia Eagles ran the football against Buffalo, excuse me, against Tampa. They gained over 200 yards in the game. Okay, they gained 218 in the other four games. In the other four games, the Bucks have only allowed 218 yards. In one game they allowed 204, or 201, and in other four it's 218. So you're going to sit there and say, okay, it's going to be hard. Now, remember last year with Bray, the, the it's been a hard, they've not run the ball well against them. So Ritter's going to have to play good. And do you trust Ritter to play well and not turn the ball over? I don't trust Mayfield to play good <laughs> and not turn the ball over either. So, you know, they ran last year for 69 yards in the game down in Tampa. They struggle to run the football. But I think what Arthur Smith needs to do is figure out, look, I got B. John Robinson here. I know Algier's a nice player. Maybe they should trade Algier to a team that needs a back because they need to get the they need to get people out of the way to so give the ball to Robinson. And I like when BJ Robinson when Bijan Robinson gets the ball because it helps my fantasy team out. We we're on the comeback trail, by the way, because with and granted the the Bengals are on a bye this week, but Joe Burrow with him coming alive really helped things out, moving things up a notch. If if the Ravens continue to struggle in the red zone, keep letting Justin Tucker kick that thing. Got 19 He'd points from my kicker yeah. this week. I'm I'm on cloud nine. We're turning things around here, yeah. Michael. Um, this is an interesting one. Packers minus one in Denver against the Browns. 51% of handle, but 72% of bets on the Packers. So a split a split here pretty evenly in terms of the money, though it seems like public tickets coming in on Green Bay. How do you view this game? This is a pros-Joe game. I mean, I know this sounds completely strange, right? This is a pros and Joes. The pros are on Denver. Why? I don't know. They're all over Denver. I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. The, the public's all over Green Bay. I get that, especially with Aaron Jones coming back. Like, I think Green Bay, with, the, with basically the bye week, they've had time to kind of figure it all out. We know Aaron Jones is going to play. I mean, this defense for Green Bay is good. It is really good. And they'll create some problems for Russell Wilson and this Bronco offense. So, Everybody's on Denver. The pros are all over Denver. The line opened at two and a half and moved down to one. 
but the public's on Green Bay. I, 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 to me, it, it's it's a stay away because if I did anything, I would want to recommend Green Bay, right? Because I don't see it with I don't see it with Denver. It's like last week. Uh, you know, there were some games, you know, when you look at the board, you're just like, I don't get that one. Everybody was on Tampa last week against the Lions. Didn't get that one, right? You know, so there's certain games that you look at and like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, you know? I think to me that that this is one of those. This is one of those that makes no sense at all. Yeah, because everything in your, like, mind and gut tells you, what, how is Green Bay only favored by one here? The Broncos are terrible. Yeah. But... Uh, it's it's at that number for a reason. <laughs> and so yes. one that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And speaking of the Lions, Lions-Ravens, I think, is an interesting one, too, with, with Detroit having the success that they've had at 5-1, and one, getting three points in that spot. So another one we'll have to monitor. We're going to step aside. Hour two of the Lombardi Lions coming up next. We're going to deep dive into Survivor. We got Harry Gagnon coming up in hour two, which means, you Uh-oh. know, we got a fire cartoon on deck. You won't want to miss it. Stick with us right here on Beeson. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 